Hey everyone, Jeff here, and thank you for joining me on the Highway One Podcast, the podcast where we meet Canadian musicians, promoters, bar owners, and everyone in between to discuss what it is to be a musician here in Canada. The trials, the tribulations, the road stories. In this edition of the podcast, episode number four, we catch up with Dave McDonald, who, in addition to being the bass player for The Owns, an indie band out of Toronto, He's also an accomplished concert photographer, having photographed pretty much a who's who of rock and roll. Dave has an interesting take on the current music scene in Toronto and one I think you might appreciate. Without further delay, let's rock, let's roll. Dave, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I know you're uh, an agency guy during the day, right? Yep, working on that agency. (laughs) But bass player and accomplished um, concert photographer by night. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I've gone through your, your, your website and it's impressive. Like it's, it's, you've got a beautiful display of, of photographs and we've been to a few of some of the same shows, which has been really cool, but you've gone to a lot of shows, a lot of great shows. Yeah, it comes with the territory. <laughs> um, you seem to have photographed everybody uh, named like everybody from say like Gore Downey to Robert Plant, Queen, Queens of the Stone Age, and then people that you don't know in between, just complete um, up and comers, I suppose. Well, it's those up and comers today that could be the Robert Plants in ten or fifteen years, right? right. So it just pays to have a camera with you, right? So how did you get into? actually getting into concert photography maybe we should go back like what was the impetus to get into photography in general okay i guess i started off i I won't say breaking into but i started crawling around abandoned buildings with a camera yeah and that was the first love and then because i was playing in bands i would drag it out and I'd start taking pictures of the bands that I was in or the bands that we were playing with and just being such a huge fan of music Mm -hmm. um, I figured out what venues I could take them into and shoot Um, the Cadillac Lounge was one of them they'd take your camera in and shoot there at the time my ex-wife was working at the edge as a sales rep so i was able to get into some of the shows that they were promoting and shoot there so i wasn't shooting for them it was just getting access Mm -hmm. but i think what a lot of people end up doing is they start shooting for a blog which a neighbor across the street was contributing as a writer to a blog and she said hey why don't you take some shots for me at the we'll go to the same shows and from there that's where the first I guess photo accreditation came in and came with the first couple of photo passes and access so I, I shot for the blog for I don't know, a year and a half or so then I started shooting friends and along the way uh, one of my best friends moved to town he moved he was in radio and he moved to town and said hey I really like your concert stuff do you want to shoot for the radio station I went, yes absolutely I'll shoot for the radio station and since then I'm now shooting for four or five different radio stations but to get into it you really just got to start small and you know build a following and 
shoot for a blog, shoot for friends, and just let people see your stuff. Word of mouth, a lot of that. Yeah. Well, like I said, I was looking at your your website, and it's impressive to watch how you go from 2009 with some really nice collections to today, 2018, and you're literally out. Like every single night, it seems to me, you're out every night, and you're filming the best acts that come to the city. What is it that keeps you in demand that way? Well, one, I love doing it. Mm -hmm. I love seeing music. So um, the way it tends to work is a lot of the promoters will say Live Nation mm -hmm. um, has a website. And what you get accredited through there and you can just request shows that you want. Mm -hmm. But you have to have a letter from a media outlet that says that you're able to shoot on their behalf. So you have to have a certain level of... Um, I guess they have to they have to know that there's going to be some press or some publicity coming out of sure. it. Sure. So you have you're accredited that way, but you can request any show that you want. And I request more than what the radio station plays and sometimes I get them, sometimes I don't. But I think because of that, I've also ended up I've gotten to know a lot of the bands, especially the ones that are coming through and you make friends with them along the way, then they start saying, hey, can you come to my show? And then someone that likes that band says, hey, that's the photographer that took that shot. Maybe I'll contact them. And then they start contacting you out of the blue. Hey, mm -hmm. come to my show. Can you do a promo shot? So it's just one of those things that starts snowballing once you get a little bit of um, rhythm. Mm -hmm. When you're in these shows and you're taking these photos, and again, they're taking great shots, are you able to enjoy the show and be present in the moment, or is it strictly work? People come back to you like, oh, that was a great song, and you're like, ah, I don't know what you're talking about, I was taking a shot. You know, it's a little bit of both. Um, it's great when you're shooting a band that you love, mm -hmm. because you're right up there. Um, there's one time, oh, I forget who it was, it might have been one of the guitar players for Big Wreck, I was singing along to one of the songs as I'm shooting, and he looked at me and kind of laughed. Said, you know what? <laughs> that, that's when you you realize that, hey, they're looking at you, they're paying attention, and you actually just affected his performance because he's laughing at you singing along. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what are some of the more memorable shows that you can think of off the top of your head? Uh, well, I think there's always a, a, a bucket list of shows that you want to see. And I've lucky, I've probably shot seven of ten of mine. But the ones that stand out um, as being the absolute best that I couldn't believe I got approved for was the Soundgarden Nine Inch Nails show yeah. at uh, the Amphitheater a couple of years ago because I grew up loving both those bands. So that really stands out um, Nine Inch Nails because it was so difficult to shoot because there was so much the light was so incredibly low um, and I guess that illustrates one of the things about um, if you're going to do concert photography you actually have to have fairly decent exp uh, read expensive equipment there mm -hmm. because you've got to be able to capture a low light shot so you can't get it with your cell phone but just you know, trying to catch Trent against a white screen that's lit from behind in a low blue light, that's exceptionally hard to do. And the fact that I was able to pull it off and I got an image of Trent that I would hold up as one of my favorite images ever. Yeah. Like, 
from one of my favorite bands ever, that's one of my favorite shows. Yeah, yeah. You had, you had several of Trent that I thought were, were fantastic. Um, did you, is this something you're self-taught? Did you, did you, or did you go to school and figure no, it out? I'm, I'm self-taught. I've always, I've always been pretty visual. Okay. You know? Although I guess you could say audio too because of playing in the band. Mm -hmm. But from a, a visual standpoint, I, I used to draw a lot. I've always had a camera and a pol Polaroid as a kid, and I okay. used to run around. But no, I didn't take any courses. It was just kind of get get out there, learn as you go, and get better as you go. Um, the more that you do it, um, the more your eye changes, and the more you frame it, the better you know your camera from using it. You know what you can get out of it, and you know what what color of light you can shoot, and mm -hmm. you know how low how to get the most out of a low light thing. But okay. it's I'm not sure. You can get the theory of it, but okay. you've got to do it to understand it. Okay. What are some of the tools um, that you kind of subscribe to while you're out there trying to capture some of these great images? Um, well, the easiest thing is to have more than one camera with you so you don't have to change lenses. So mm -hmm. I tend to carry two cameras, three lenses, depending on the... Uh, the venue, how close you are. Not everyone lets you up into the photo pit. Sometimes you have to stand back by the soundboard, so you need a longer lens stand. So you've just got to come prepared mm -hmm. for what you're going to do. But generally, you're out there with a couple of um, zoom lenses so that you can go in and out and frame it as you sure. want. So. Okay, cool. Um, <clears throat> we were talking about this earlier because I think it's interesting do you feel that there is a star quality that that extra chromosome that makes whosoever you're watching up on stage different from the guy or girl who's going to spend a lifetime playing anonymously in a club somewhere, which is okay. But I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure it, it, it's a chromosome. Like there are, there are people that just, you know, transcend and, you know, I'm going to say they're the special ones. But there are other people that hone their craft and they get comfortable on stage and they know how to play an audience. And it's just like me learning how to be a good photographer. They've learned how to be good on stage. And, you know, this week I was out, I shot The Lazies in the Wild. Um, I get two of my favorite current bands right now. And those guys, when they're off stage, they're just the you know the nicest down to earth let's have a beer together and you know we'll sit there and we'll, we'll shoot the shit they're just great but when they get on stage it's like this different element of their personality comes out and they're just absolute monsters when they get up there you know i think part of that is you know in their psyche and who they are but they've learned how to do that too they're embarrassed looking at themselves in old photos and videos too right yeah so, yeah, it's it's funny that I asked because uh, again, going through your catalog, and and it's funny we've been to some of the same shows, um, and I think of bands like Iron Maiden who are who who are groomed to this. They've got a long history; they're polished, and they give great uh, concert poses and great concert face. And it doesn't seem to me to be contrived. I I I live live for it. Right, it goes with the music, and then there's other people other artists who I've, I've seen and they've certainly have learned the pose and learned the movements. And it seems to me contrived and, and 
it affects my 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 view of their music i could not know what they look like like their music go see them live and then see something that I perceive to be pretentious and contrived, and it ruins it for me. Like a cheesy 80s hair metal band? Like that, yeah. Unless they're doing like Steel Panther and, and they're doing it well, right? Bring up Steel Panther because they, they know what they're doing and they will come right up to a photographer, stick their guitar right into the lens and do the cheesiest pose, but you know that they're being cheesy and you know it's an act and it's done so well. So well. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. I like those guys a lot. Um, are there any up and you mentioned the lazies, are there any up and coming acts that you quite enjoy and think would be worth people's attention? Um, just going through my head, who have I shot recently? Well, honestly, I think if there's a band that deserves to be superstars, there's two of them playing around town right now. One's the Lazies. Like, I think like they deserve to go as far as they can because they're just so awesome at what they do. Uh, the other one, I would say, is Crown Lands. If you haven't seen them, it's a, a duo out of Oshawa. And it, when those two guys play, it's unbelievable. I, I think those guys deserve to be superstars. Very cool, very cool. And speaking of up-and-coming bands, you play in a band called The Owns. Yeah. Play bass? How long have you guys been together? Uh, we were trying to figure that out. Um, the band started as a duo with Andrew and Neil. Um, I played in a band with Neil's a drummer. Uh, I played in a band, a surf band with him before. Uh, he was a friend. He used to work with my ex-wife. Uh, so they... They've been playing for a while, and they said, hey, I think there's something missing. Do we have a guitar player? Do we have a bass player? And Neil said, hey, let's call Dave. And I came out, and they write these catchy, melodic songs with these great riffs. And I'm going, oh, my God, this is amazing. I think at the end of the first jam, they looked at me and said, that was great. Do you want to join? So how long have you been playing bass for? Uh, for me, I picked up my first bass when I was 15. Uh, my parents forced me to go to piano lessons so I could read music, so I taught myself how to play bass, and I've been doing it ever since. Um, and what did you grow up listening to? What, are your, what, do, you, what do you like to listen to? Um, I listen to a little bit of everything. Uh, when I grew up, my two favorite bands were Rush and Max Webster. Yeah. Uh, I listened to an awful lot of them. Uh, Triumph was big. Um, all, all the Canadian ones. Um, as I got a bit older, really started liking U2, and then they kind of took me into more of the British thing. So like now I'd say Massive Attacks, great band. I really like uh, Thievery Corporation, which is a couple of DJs that have some uh, musicians and a bunch of vocalists that come along. But I like a little bit of everything. Okay. I love Iron Maiden. Um, but, but again, one of my favorite current bands right now is The Lazies. Okay. What kind of music is The Owns? Oh, it's hard to say. Like there are, you know, punk aspects. There's garage aspects. Mm -hmm. It's kind of riff-driven, but very melodic. Mm -hmm. So indicative of your influences growing up and over the years. Um, I would say more indicative of Andrew, the guitar player's okay. influences. What he likes. He'll come in with a riff that he's just thought up or made up on the spot, and it's unbelievable. This guy's the riff master. And then Neil and I, as the rhythm section, will just start playing along and, and figuring it out. So I think a lot of it comes from Andrew, um, because he'll, he's the one that will bring in a fully formed song. But 
uh, Neil and I get to put our touches on it and kind nice. of make it part of a larger unit. Yep. Very nice. Uh, what are some of your stomping grounds? Where are, the, where are some of the places you like to play? Um, like, I think here in Toronto, the usual places, Lovelies. Um, yeah. The Horseshoe's always cool to say that you've played the stage that the Hip and the Stones have played. Yeah. Um, I think one of my favorites would have to be the Cadillac Lounge. Sam yeah. knows what he's doing there, and he gets the coolest bands through there. It's, you know, it's too bad that he's selling it at the end of the month. It's going to uh, be like the um, end of an era there. We've seen a lot of end of eras, I think, in this city. Um, what's your personal take on the current music scene in Toronto? Um, I think it's underserved. I think there's an awful lot of music and people that like music, but I think being in Toronto, we're, we're exposed to so much international talent that's coming through. If you have a choice to go and see a local band or go to the ACC to see someone or go to, you know, Rebel or the Phoenix, like there's always something amazing coming through town. I think that a lot of fans here might be a little jaded and they spend their money on the big things coming through and I think it's, it, it hurts the local music scene because there's so much to offer for other people to go to that it's not like some of the smaller towns out there where there is a good music scene or there well there is a great music scene here but there's not as much support mm -hmm. as there is in other towns that don't have that level of international talent coming through are you from toronto uh born in saskatoon grew up in windsor but i've been in toronto longer this is home okay you played windsor uh when i was there okay what's the music scene like in windsor you know it's it's actually very good um uh, there's a couple of great clubs down there. Um, Jeff Burrows, the drummer from the Tea Party, supports a lot of music down there. Mm -hmm. uh, he still lives there. I think he's still at Mammisburg. But he puts on a lot of stuff and does a lot. And I think it really helps uh, bring the scene up to a different level there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, do you have a good road story? Uh, Ever slept in a cot in the basement of a bar? Yes, I have. <laughs> I believe that was Gravenhurst. I was playing in a cover band and we would play three nights a week, uh, three weeks a month. And part of that was they always had to give us a place to stay for Friday and Saturday night. And so one of them just ended up being cots in the basement of the bar. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, <laughs> I think my favorite road story, back to the Lazies, is they played the CNE opening up for the Trues two years ago. So I was there to shoot that. And afterwards, we're hanging out in the beer tent and everything else, and they're saying, you know, we got to get back to the um, to the hotel, but we're all a little bit hammered. We shouldn't be driving. Hey, Dave, can you drive us back? Okay. Dave, what's your website? It is davidmcdphotos.zenfolio.com. Okay. And where can people listen to The Owns? On SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash the owns. Um, and where can people purchase your photographs? Can they purchase their photo, your photographs? You can. You can just go to the website, click on a shot, and as it opens, there's an option to buy right there. I'm going to put some links on the Highway 1 website for you, and I'll put it up on Facebook as well, because uh, I really enjoyed going through your website and your photographs. I mean, they're just, Thank you. they're really, they're great. They're great, and I think other people 
should enjoy them too. Dude, thank you so much for coming out and, and chatting with me at the podcast. I'm, I'm grateful, buddy. Thank you so much. And thank you. I appreciate the offer. Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. This concludes this edition of the Highway One Podcast. I want to thank Dave McDonald again for his time and sharing his experiences both as an indie artist and as a professional photographer in the concert circuit. I have to say, I agree with his thoughts on the effect big names and big shows have on the indie scene in the city of Toronto. All I can say is, kids, put down your phones. Put down that game controller. Pick up an instrument and play a bunch of shows with your friends. You won't regret it. I'm your host, Jeff Elliott. Production provided by Dave Beeson. The catchiest, most infectious theme music ever in podcast history provided by Dave Viva of the Mercy Now. Until next time, thanks for listening.